and to try to save time, I'm not going to read all of this and then go back over it, but if you would walk down through it with us, we have the, the Scripture in front of us of Jesus coming to the land of the Gadarenes, maybe a little difference in pronunciation in Matthew and Luke, but I believe the same account. And Jesus is coming and immediately when He comes out of the, gets out of the ship, there is a man meets Him uh, who is, name is Legion. Uh, in, in Matthew it says there was two of them. Uh, in Mark again it only mentions one and maybe there was one that was more distinctive or one that was maybe a little different in his actions. But let's just walk in, down through this Scripture and look. And I'd like to just think about the control of the devil. And you know, the devil's not in control of all things. And he is always, always has been and always will be under the control of the Godhead. So don't think that the devil can run roughshod over you even in the Scripture with Job, the devil had to get permission from God before he could do anything. So in this Scripture, the Bible says in verse number 3, "...who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains." Uh, in Matthew, he, he says that uh, he met two... Coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, this is 8.28 in Matthew, so that no man might pass this way. And i just like to think about the condition of man outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. You might say, well, that's not true, but man, by the Word of God, the New Testament, the Gospel, and the Epistles, man is under the control of of the devil. And that's what we find right here. This man, by and Mark chapter number 5, verse 3, who had his dwelling. Where did he live? I tell you, he lived among the rest of the dead. He may have not been physically dead, but he was spiritually dead. And I believe there's an implication there that that's where this man's dwelling was. That's where this man lived. That's where his abode was. I believe it's in Luke that he said he had no house. You know, he didn't live. He, he, he was alone. Just think about how that man without God is alone. You know, if a man dies and go to, goes to hell, you know, there may be some cliche, we're going down there for some big party or with the rest of the crowd. I tell you, we're going to be cast into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth we're going to be alone. There's going to be an aloneness there. The rich man that lifted his eyes in hell, you don't read of any company that he had. I tell you, all that he had was torment and torments. That's what he had. Look at this man. This man, according to the Word of God, has his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. You know... Every day, 
You know, I, I, I watch very little news. I see the news and maybe a caption if I want to read it at the gym in the morning. And honest to God, that's about all the news I want to watch. But you know, every day, it's North Carolina, Madison County, the United States. We needed another law put on the books to do this. I tell you, there'll never be enough laws to tame man. There'll never be enough bindings, enough laws, enough restriction that you will ever be able to bind man to do what is right. The only hope for me, for you, for our land, for our country, for our nation, from the county to the state to the capital, the only hope that there is is that my family and your family might come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the only hope that there is. (coughs) You might say, well, I don't believe that's what this means. (laughs) Well... You can think whatever you want to, but they bound him with chains and fetters and he was still uncontrollable. He broke all of those. All of these laws that our lawmakers, whether county or state or federal government, put on the books, you know what they're there for? They're there for somebody that is not going to obey to break the law. They're not for me. Think about what the Apostle Paul said. Who are these laws for? For the lawless. But look at the lawless man in Mark chapter 5, Matthew 8 and Luke 8. Can you tame the lawless man? You can't tame him. I don't care how many chains or how many fetters you put on him. He had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. Now, how is it that he's doing this? I tell you, it's by that power on the inside that the chains and the fetters are being broken. There is no desire. I I, I would think this, if a man would desire to do what's right, you won't have to put a chain on him. You know, maybe I shouldn't say it to the world. But you know, I've never locked a door at my house. I've never, ever locked a door at my house. That may be a bad mistake. But you know something? For me to lock the door is just to get the lawless man to bust the window out. That's about what happens. Can man be tamed by laws and chains and fetters? He'll never be tamed. No. But listen to what the Bible says. The Bible said they were broken broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. I tell you, God can tame a man. God tames the man from the inside. God tames him. You might talk about a child, or you might talk about an animal, or you might talk about uh, uh, some, uh, maybe even a wild animal. And you might say, well, their spirit will have to be broken. Isn't that what God did with us? Didn't God give us a new spirit? He said, I'm going to take away that old stony heart and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to take away that rebellious spirit. I'm going to take away that spirit. Now, the devil's a spirit too, isn't he? God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. But isn't the devil a spirit as well? 
isn't the devil one that dwells... I tell you that I was under the control and under the leadership of the devil before I was saved. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, very familiar Scripture, Paul writes this down and says this is where we were. Where in the time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That The only way that that's ever going to change is for the Lord Jesus Christ to sit down on the throne of a man's heart. You can put all the binds and all the chains and all the fetters you want to put on a man, but I tell you until God changes the heart, He'll never be changed. He'll never be brought under control until God brings him under control from the inside. So, he says these chains were broken asunder and neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. Listen to Matthew. Matthew said that he w- they were exceeding fierce that no man might pass by that way. So what is man without Christ? I tell you, man is a destroyer of his fellow man and a destroyer of himself. And there, there is a crying out. There is a crying out occasionally from the pain that man afflicts on his own self. There's a crying out. But you know what man's going to do? Tomorrow morning, the next week, next month, we're going right back to the same thing. Isn't that amazing that man, though he cries out for the pain and the affliction that he brings on himself, uh, that, that he continues to go back to that same state. Just I believe that picture that Peter writes about the dog and the hog, you clean it up and you think, well now, I want you to look how pretty this hog is. But you know something? The nature hasn't been changed. Man, without Jesus Christ, man is continually going to destroy others and destroy himself. Though, though, honest to God, I believe that at times he cries out, for the pain and the affliction that he brings on himself, yet he continues to go back there. Why? Why does he go back there? It's because of who's on the throne. It's because the devil is a liar and a murderer from the beginning. It's because the devil's desire is to destroy you. That's his desire, always has been. He's not changed. And his tactics are not changed. We may have some enlightening and come by and realize, you know, I'm destroying myself. But I tell you, without a change on the inside, we'll go and revert right back to that again in just a little while. So, the, the, the Scripture here in, in Mark, and when he saw Jesus... Now look in Mark... 6 and 7. But when he's Mark 5, 6 and 7. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Verse 7. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. There's two in there, isn't there? 
Isn't there a battle going on in there? So here's the recognition of Jesus. Notice, notice in Mark, when he saw Jesus afar off, he cried out, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? In the book of Matthew, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come to torment me before the time? Does the devil, does the lost man at times realize that there is an end coming to their reign? Does the devil know that there's an end coming to his reign? Do, do I, do you, even in a lost condition, don't you think that every now and then God turns the light on as we're in the presence and the Spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, God turns the light on and I realize, you know, I'm headed to the wrong end. I'm headed to a bad end. I'm headed to destruction. And the devil recognizes this. And yet, out of that same man, out of that same man is the devil bowing down and worshiping and acknowledging the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, the devil's under his control. The devil's not out there doing... I realize that Peter says this, I'll read this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Well, I'd like to say this. Thank God he can only devour... And he can only get as close as God allows him. But don't forget this, that the devil is limited in his time and recognizes that. And man, when we come to the presence of God, I believe that man, though, though he may not be saved, though he may resist the Holy Spirit, though he may fight against what is going on, there is a realization, you know, I'm coming to an end one day and the road I'm headed down is a road of absolute destruction. I tell you, I, I, I pray that God would open our eyes to that. But the devil knows that, doesn't he? Isn't that amazing that the devil knows his end is coming? And who is in control of his end? Look. Listen to Luke. Luke, when, Jesus, when uh, the man asked to go with Christ, Luke 8.39. I'm not there yet in what we'd like to cover, but I just want you to notice this. 8.39, Return into thy own house and shew how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published through the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Who is he? It's God. That's exactly right, Larry. And he'll say in Matthew, he'll say in the book of Matthew, I'm sorry, must be in the book of Mark. Again, Jesus, 
I'm sorry, back in Luke, Jesus, really what Jesus is saying is that He is God. Jesus is saying that He is God. But I'd like for you to notice something. Maybe you've noticed it, maybe you never have. But I want you to look how great that the devil is. Look with me in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was led of the Spirit, so there is God, led of the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. Now, it's not God doing the tempting, as people would try to fight against out of the book of James, that God's not in control of evil, or God's not in control. He's in control of all things, and God, by the Spirit, led Jesus in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But I want you to notice this, verse number 5. Speaking of Jesus, Then the devil taketh him up unto the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, and in their hands thou shalt bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse number 8. Again, the devil taketh him up unto an exceeding high mountain. Who transported Christ in the flesh to the top of the temple? Who transported Christ in the flesh to the top of the mountain and let him look at the kingdoms of the world? That's a powerful being, isn't it? Isn't that a powerful being? So I am no match for the devil. The only one. And you know, I realize we mean this spiritually, but it's the picture that we get. That Jesus Christ is also the lion, isn't He? He's the lion of the tribe of Judah who has conquered, who has overcome who has defeated death, hell, and the grave, who has overcome sin, who has defeated the devil, who has risen and has conquered and is over all principality and power and things present and things to come, I tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ is the match and the overcomer of the devil. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I tell you, I need God's help. You need God's indwelling Spirit. We need the help of the Word of God, the presence of God, the power of God. And friend, outside of Jesus Christ living and dwelling in us by the Holy Spirit, you and I are no match for the devil. And if you're unsaved, if you're unsaved, you're like this man here dwelling in the tombs. We're living and we may be walking... But listen, you're not walking among the living, you're walking among the dead. If you're lost and undone, then our, 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 our camaraderie is with the dead. Our fellowship is with the dead. The devil is still the one that is in control of our life. And this man, 
Just think about what kind of a life that he had. That he lived among the dead. He had no interaction with the living. His life was continually of crying, of people trying to bind him, of people trying to make him do better, of people trying to bring him under control. And he cut himself, and he tried to kill himself, and he hurt himself, and he destroyed himself. It's like it's like the man that brought his son. Uh, oftentimes he throweth himself into the fire. What is that idea? We're throwing ourselves toward the fires of hell and friend outside of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are under the control of the devil and our life is absolute misery. It's the truth. We may put on a big smile and try to fool people, but the truth is our life is a life of misery. Mark, back to Mark, when he saw Jesus afar off, He ran and worshipped Him. Recognition and cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. In another place in Matthew, He says, Torment us before our time. So there's coming the end. And I'll say this, outside of salvation, there's coming an end to your life. I tell you what it ought to be. It ought to be a desire in us that our life of sin, our life of being under the control of the devil, that that life would come to an end. And our life of eternal and everlasting salvation, our life of living forever, our life of living for God, our life of living under the influence of the Lord Jesus living in our heart, we ought to desire that that life would begin and that all life would end. Jesus said, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked, What is thy name? And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him, Is there any choice? Is he coming out? He's coming out. The Lord said, Come out. Is he coming out? He is coming out. I tell you, God's Word through and by the work of the Holy Spirit is able to bring the devil out of you, the devil out of me. And friend, to bring the kingdom of God to sit on that same in the heart, in the uh, the the very seat where Satan sat at one time. Uh, God said, "I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit within you. I'm going to take away that old stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to give you a heart that's not rebellious. I'm going to give you a heart that can be moved on by the finger of God. I'm going to give you a heart that's soft and pliable to the Word of God. I'm." to give you a heart that can be moved. I'm going to give you a heart that can be broken over our sin. Over our rebellion. I never had that before. I had no broken heart over my sin. No broken heart over my rebellion. I had no remorse for my sin. Only reason I would ever be remorseful is if it cost me something. This man cries out, cuts himself. But you know, just a little while, it'll be right back to the same old thing. So this Word of God, 
Who are you? My name is Legion, for we are many. And in the book of Mark, he gives us this account. The devil besought him, saying, Send us into the swine. Don't send us into the abyss. Don't send us away. I believe maybe that's in Luke. And he besought him that he would command them to go out into the deep. And there was a herd of swine. You know what they thought? We're going to be destroyed. But if they could dwell in the swine. But you know what the Lord's going to do? The Lord's going to get rid of this. The Lord is going to bring an end to this. Even if it cost all of the swine, the Lord is going to bring an end to this legion of devils. But notice this, that the devils submit and ask permission of the Lord. Now you might say, well, why? Why did God grant the devils that legion of devils permission and He, and he wouldn't grant permission to the man called legion to go with Him? I, I can't answer that. I don't know the answer to that. But I know this, we can see what happened and maybe we can figure out the answer for that. So the devils besought him and that send us into the swine. Mark 5.13 And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place. So here, what's up with the swine? The swine are just as uncontrollable as the man was. Are they not? They are just as uncontrollable as the man. But I tell you, they ran down a steep place, ran down into the lake, or ran into the sea, and destroyed themselves. And this Word of God says they ran violently down a steep place. You know something? There is... Their, their, their desire, their desire, the devil's desire is to destroy you. You need not think that the devil is your friend. You need not think that you're going to hell and have a party. There is no friendship there. There is no fellowship there. You will be there alone. And I tell you today, friend, we may think that we can put on our faces and try to pretend like that we're a child of God. But you know something? The the fact that we can't be bound and friend that continually we're trying to bind our own selves a friend to come under and to fit in with a crowd down at the church. The truth is, the rebellious heart and the rebellious spirit is still there. Until God moves in, that'll never change. So let's, let's think about the rest of this story for a minute or two. And they that fed the swine fled and told in the city... Look how great. Maybe you don't see it this way. But look at what was in the man that 2,000 swine were inhabited by what came out of the man and destroyed all of them. How great is this devil? How great is the devil 
that dwells in the heart of men that are unsaved. You know what the end of that man is? That man is going to hell. That man is going to eternal and everlasting punishment away from the people, away from the goodness of God, away from the light, into darkness, into torment, into the flames of hell, into everlasting punishment, into the region of the damned, into the region, a friend of blackness and darkness, and their smoke ascendeth up forever. I tell you, the devil is not your friend, and the devil is a liar from the beginning. I tell you, when the Lord moves in, you won't have to have chains and fetters. And a continuation out of the pulpit to try to make you do better. God will put something in your heart. You will have a desire to do better. You will have a desire to live for God that was never, ever there before. And you will want to live for God because of what He has done for you. Not because the preacher is hammering on you, wanting you to do better. That's those chains and fetters up here in the beginning of this. I tell you, God... God does not use chains and fetters in His family. He uses love and grace and the Holy Ghost. And they that fed the swine fled and told in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was done. And, in the, and, and, and they come to Jesus and see Him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Luke tells us that he was without clothes. So now here's a crowd that comes and sees the change. You think you can see when God does a work in somebody's heart and their life. There was such a change here, it was Unbelievable. I don't believe God is... You know, I don't, I don't believe God leaves it to question. I, I've been in those services and I was hoping for and I was searching for and I was longing for a witness of the Holy Spirit. And I've been in services and there was absolutely no doubt whatsoever when so-and-so got up to pray, to sing, to preach... Just like that, you knew that God was in the arrangements. So, here they come. And the Bible said that they went. They went out and they went into the city and into the country. And they come to see Jesus and see Him that was possessed with the devil. What are they seeing? I'll tell you the evidence is before their eyes. Friend, the evidence, Paul said in the Roman and the Hebrews, we, that we, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You think God gives Jessica one kind of salvation and Teresa another? Does He give Vaughn one kind of salvation and Kevin a different one? No, I tell you, the salvation that God gives 
He gives that same salvation to all. And I believe that salvation is so distinctive that there is absolute evidence of a change. Listen to this, the evidence. That man that was possessed with the devil, he's sitting and clothed and in his right mind. What a change. Where is he before? I tell you, he's running to and fro. He's living amongst the dead. He is cutting himself and crying. He is in rebellion and trying to get away. He was always fighting against other men, according to what he says in Matthew, and also fighting against them and fighting against himself. And here he is sitting, clothed and in his right mind. You know something? Without Jesus Christ, I do not have the right thinking. Paul said in the book of Corinthians, you that are saved, you have the mind of Christ. We've got a new mind. How how different is the mind of the devil and the mind of Christ? Now think about that a moment. What's the desire of the devil? From the very beginning, what was the desire of the devil? To make man doubt God. Wasn't that it? Wasn't it with lies? Wasn't it with deception? Wasn't it with promises of things that would never come to pass that the devil lied and persuaded Eve and Adam followed along with that? Is that not the truth? That The truth about the devil is he is a liar and he hates God and he wants you to hate God and to doubt God and to think God is holding what's good from you. Now what's the mind of Christ? (coughs) A mind that loved you. That came down. How far down did He come? I tell you, He left heaven and came down to the earth. He left the Godhead and came down to man. He left the throne of glory and came to a manger. He left God Almighty and all of the glory that was there in heaven and came down to a spitting, mocking, cruel mankind and He gave Himself on the cross of Calvary that you and I could be brought into the family of God. I tell you what a change of mind that there is from the mind of Satan and the mind of hating and doubting God and thinking that God is holding something back from you to the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself on the cross. Our friend, that you could be brought into the family of God. What a change of mind there was. This man, Legion, he has got a new mind. He got a new master too, don't he? Doesn't he have a new master? Where's he sitting? According according to the Scripture, he was in his right mind, and they come to see, and see him that was possessed with, come to to Jesus and see him (coughs) that was possessed with the devil, and they that saw it told them how it befell him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray Him to depart out of their coast. Why? 
Why? Would you want this man that changed legion from the mind of Satan to the mind of Christ? From self-destruction and destroying others to being there and having a desire to be with God. Why? It looks to me like, maybe I've got it wrong, but it looks to me like that they would rather have their swine and they'd rather have the devil than have legion in his right mind and have Jesus Christ. What's wrong with them? They've got the same mind he had. They was more concerned with those 2,000 swine than they were that God had made a change in a man that they'd had to try to tame for years. I believe what the problem is is that this man continues to hang around. He's going to confront my sin. If this man continues to hang around, he's going to find out about me. He's going to find out about what I am and who I am and my desires. Now, you you reason with me. Why in the world would you not want this man to stay around? This man that can tame a man, change a man, change his disposition, change his thinking, change his action that you have been trying for years to change and to tame and to bind and to bring under control and God did it with a word. And you want this man to leave? Now you you tell me what's, what's rebelling against that? What's inside you? What's inside you is what's rebelling against that. Everything that was done is good. Well, preacher, what about the 2,000 swine? Well, let me ask you this. What value would you put on 2,000 swine to the soul of one man? What value would you put on 2,000 1,500-pound black Angus against the soul of your son and your grandchild? What that, how would you value that? The problem is not that there, there's a, 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 an inability. The problem is that the heart. The heart is the problem. Man's value, man's value is on the things of this world until God changes his mind. And you know something? We know this that the Lord Jesus said, What would a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, I'll tell you, these people wanted the Lord Jesus off of their coast. These people wanted the Lamb of God away from them. One that was able to tame a legion. One that was able to tame such a legion that there was 2,000 swine inhabited by what was in that man. They were unable to control him with chains and fetters or anything else. And Jesus, by the Word of God and the power that went with it, was able to change the man. Why would you want rid of that kind of a Savior? There's only one reason 
What's in the heart? What's in the heart is the problem. Who are they rebelling against? They're rebelling against God. Jesus called Himself God in Luke. So just listen just a little bit farther. And they saw it. Is there any question? Is there any... This man was under the control and had the mind of Satan. This man has got a new mind. This man has got a new action. This man has got a new disposition. And they are witness to it. This group of people are witness to it. And the Bible says, And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had, you know, I don't see the Lord fighting against them, do you? They want him gone? Are you telling God to leave? I believe that many a time we may not say it with words from our lips, but we think it, if I could just get out of here. If God would just leave me alone. If God would, I'll tell you what you'll be. Next week, you'll be worse than you are today. You know what Barabbas was? I tell you, Barabbas was never one speck better than he was to start with. He was released, and you know what he was next week? He was still a robber. He was still a friend of insurrectionists. He was still a murderer. And next week, the devil will have you a little bit farther down in the hole. He'll have you a little bit more rebellious unto God. He'll have your mind captivated a little farther. And man is thinking, I would like to get out of here. Now you tell me why, if God's done a work in your heart, you want to get away from Him. No. No, I tell you, I'd, I'd like to get nearer to Him. I would. I'd like to get nearer to Him. I, 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 I'd like to feel more of Him. I, I'd like to be closer to Him. I'd like to feel His presence. I, I'd like to get up close to His bosom. I'd like to be able to sit down and speak with Him and talk with Him and feel His arm around my uh, uh, back and feel His finger around my heart. I'd like to be nearer to Him. I don't want to say, I want you away from me. What's the problem? The heart's the problem. But listen, just a little more and I'll hush. He come to the ship. He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home. Go home. Now we might, we might wonder, well, why, why didn't he allow... Why didn't he allow Legion to go with him? Look what an influence that Legion is going to be in the community. Look what a voice that Legion is going to have because of such a great change that God has brought in his heart. Not, not, not just in the unseen, but in what's seen as well. When God makes a change in the heart, don't, don't, don't you reckon that what comes out of the mouth is changed? Don't you reckon what the hands and the, and the feet do, reckon that's changed? I tell you, everything about legion was changed because God did a change that started on the inside. 
I'd like to go with you, Lord. You know something? Life would be easy if that's the way it was, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good if, if seven days a week, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, we could just be around good people and wholesome people and saved people and people that knew God and people that loved God? Who, who, who would we influence? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you. I tell you what I am, and you are. We're dependent. Though we're not with Jesus, Jesus said, "I'm going away, and I'm going to send another Comforter to be with you. That where I am, there you may be also. I'm going to send one to be with you. I'm dependent upon His presence. Though I'm not with Him physically, the honest to God truth is Jesus said it's expedient that I go away. It's better for you that I go away. <laughs> if He was up at Greg Fowler's house, what would I do? If He was over at Anthony's, what would I do? What would you do, Jessica? We'd do without, wouldn't we? But thank God the Lord Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to come and to dwell with you. And you know something? Legion's not going to get to go with the Lord. But I tell you what, the Lord's going to go with Him in a little while. We may not see it right here in this text, but in a little while the Holy Ghost is going to come. And friend, you know what? You and I can be the greatest help and the greatest influence in the places where there is no God. Where they don't want God. Where they'd like to get rid of God. I'm not saying that you need to go tell everybody that they're going to die and go to hell. I'm saying we need to live a life like Legion lived, a life that had been changed, a life whose, whose mind had been changed, a life whose actions were changed, a life who God did a work in the heart and it made all the difference. And the Lord said, I want you to go back where you come from. I want you to stay here around your homeland and I want you to tell them what great things God has done for you. And He went and told them what great things Jesus had done for him. We've got a devil to fight. We've got a devil to deal with and to battle with. And I'm no match for him. And you're not either. But I tell you, we've got an elder brother. We've got a Savior. We've got a Lord. We've got He, the Holy Spirit. We've got God's Word with us. And ladies and gentlemen, if God makes a change in your heart, I tell you as Paul said, He hath enabled me. He hath enabled you in the place you are. As Mordecai told Esther, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We're here. We are here on purpose by God. We are here for the purpose of God at this time. Legion wasn't going to get to go. You know, he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. Isn't that wonderful? He says to us in, in uh, Luke, Return to thine own house and shew how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Matthew.
He cried. He desired. I don't, we don't have that in Matthew, the desire. But in Mark and also in Luke, return to thine own house and shew how great things God hath done unto thee. So I hope that would be